You're listening to Coffee and Valkyries, a podcast about your favorite under-resell club, O.L. Rain. Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Valkyries. On this episode, we are talking with O.L. Rain defender Madison Hamid. Let's get to know her a little bit more. Madison, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I really am excited to be here and excited to be with you guys. We've been looking forward to chatting with you uh, for a while now. So um, we know you've been uh, pretty busy doing the media circuit uh, the past couple of days. How how's that been for you just overall? I definitely think it's been a little overwhelming, um, but it's also been really fun. Uh, it's interesting to see how people spin questions to make me think again. And I think <laughs> I have an answer and then I'm like, dang it, I got to start again. So it's been it's been fun. We, uh, you're new to the team up this year, obviously, um, and for people maybe who haven't caught any of those media clips or videos or read the articles yet, this is a kind of loaded question and it probably could take the whole conversation, but um, maybe can you just walk people through your journey to um, playing soccer and then getting, getting to join OL Reign? Okay, so do we want it from like birth till <laughs> now or... Um... What's, what do you think is best? Whatever you feel is most relevant, um, but uh, perhaps maybe, you know, when you fell in love or how you got, how you fell in love with soccer and um, how that led you to college and then thinking about it as a pro option. Okay. So I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And when I was really little, I played with the Young Lions, um, which was just like a local rec team. And then I switched over to club soccer I mean, I don't even know if it was technically club then, but I played on an all, all boys team uh, in Albuquerque. And then once my mom's in the military. So when she was stationed out on the East Coast, when I was nine, I moved out to the East Coast and started playing travel soccer with girls. Um, and so for me, I think that's when I was a little bit more competitive about soccer and spent everything in my life started revolving only around soccer. And then once I got to high school was when colleges started reaching out and I hadn't thought about actually playing college soccer until I got that first, you know, generic ID camp email that was like, come play, come join this camp and see our campus and all of that. And meanwhile, I'm 14. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm gonna eat for breakfast tomorrow morning. So for me, it was kind of just like, continuing to go with the flow with soccer but once I hit probably my freshman sophomore year of high school I was like okay I need to start thinking about the next level and by the time I was a junior I had verbally committed to Wake Forest um, which to be honest was pretty late for a lot of people in my age group a lot of my friends and peers had committed when we were 14 15 Um, but for me it was really important to kind of have a better understanding of what I wanted out of a school So then I played at Wake and I was a captain there for two years. I loved Wake and it was a really fun time playing in the ACC. It was really competitive, but I finally got to a point probably during my sophomore year where I realized that I again wanted to go to the next level. So that's when I decided I was going to make the decisions and set myself up to put myself in the best position to graduate early so that I could enter the draft and not really have to worry about it from an educational standpoint. For me, for my family, me getting my education was probably the most important part. But then after that, a close second was uh, getting ready to play professionally. So 
I've been, it's been a long journey, but it's also like, as soon as I signed my contract, one of uh, my mentors and old coaches immediately said, all right, you've done the easy part. Now comes the hard part. And it's like, I spent all of that time doing the easy part and here we go again on a new journey. So now I'm here. This has been a little bit of an unconventional year for anyone's standards, let alone for your rookie season. Um, what perhaps knowing that it's been a weird year, uh, what's been kind of the biggest shift for you from going from college to pro? Um, biggest shift for me has like on the field has definitely just been, you know, the speed of play is just unmatched. And every day I go to training and I've had one of my teammates, Jasmine Spencer is like, you're playing fast, but you need to be playing faster. So every time you get the ball, you need to play a second faster than you think you're playing. And so for me, it's just every day being like, all right, you think you're playing fast, you're definitely playing very slow. So that's probably the biggest on the field difference. Off the field, I think it's a big shift from college where it's kind of like rah, rah cheerleader, we're big team spirit, like everyone loves each other. And I'm, we're so lucky here at OL Reign because we still have that dynamic, but at the same time, there's that difference between understanding that you're a professional now and this is your job. And while you might, we all love the sport and me, I'm here because I love the sport and I wanna keep playing it. There's also that new element, a new added element of this is your job and this is your craft and how can you become the best at it, so. This is a side question uh, relating to your time at Wake Forest, but have you seen the clip of uh, your old college coach uh, getting his foot yes, stuck in Yes, I have. Coach? I have given him a ton of, I have given him it all because I thought that was the funniest thing. I watched it live actually, and I thought it was hilarious. Was that something that uh, you weren't necessarily surprised by seeing just how, obviously he was angry, but like, just like the comedic value of a, uh, of this like was that something surprising to you like no you've, you've seen it before there's definitely been moments in my career where it's it's just unparalleled comedy you can't you can't write that in a script and mm. so there were times in my when i was there where similar things happened but it wasn't on camera so <laughs> now everyone can see it and it, that, i think that's what makes it funnier is that that's not even it's not like he was getting mad all the time, but there were many other instances where it was just as funny. I can't imagine the like being on the sideline and watching that happen and having to keep a straight face with your coach next to you. That was the thing that was cracking me up. What was cracking me up was that so the, just watching the team this year is so weird and I'm only been gone for less than a year and the team looks so different there. And so there were girls on the bench. I was like, I don't even know who they are. Like, I can't even text them and be like, what, are, what were you doing? What were you thinking? So I thought that was also funny. I was like, wow, I'm really out of college now. So you were uh, the captain on uh, Wake Forest and uh, you had played uh, all four years there. And then, you know, you're getting ready for the draft, but you went undrafted and you joined uh, OL Wake as a non-roster invitee. And then, you know, as everybody's getting ready for what we had hoped was going to be a normal end of ESL season, the pandemic hits, everything, you know, the world pretty much hits pause. We're not sure if you guys are going to be playing anything at all. And then the Challenge Cup uh, is formulated and announced and the team's getting ready for that. And then 
it's also announced that you signed a two-year contract with the team. Um, what was it like for you to, you know, prepare for the draft, but then not get drafted and then kind of take, let's, you know, the harder road of being uh, invited to the team as just a non-roster invite. And then, but then, you know, you get rewarded with a two-year contract. Yeah. So this one's also kind of a long story. And I think just this year has been such a whirlwind and a lot of craziness for everybody in different ways. And we, at the end of the day, we talk about soccer and we talk about sports and how happy we are that sports are back, but we are still in the middle of a pandemic. And I actually started the year in Spain. I went over to Spain in January to try out for two teams over there and just for different reasons, um, didn't end up signing a contract with either of them. The drafts happened simultaneously while I was over there and I didn't get drafted. So at this point, I'm like, I'm never going to play soccer again. Like, I'm just, you know, having a bunch of pity parties. And then I find out that Seattle has my rights somehow. I don't know. Someone explained it to me. And that I would be invited into camp and have an opportunity to make the roster. So then I was really excited and I was came back to the U.S. and was training and working out, working really hard. And I felt ready for preseason. And then, like you said, we COVID hit and we spread and it spread here first, actually. And all of us got sent home that weren't on contracts. So then it was kind of like a ton of uncertainty, but also I couldn't stop working out. It was kind of like you had to, I had to keep going. So there were literally days where I couldn't find somebody to jump a fence with me to find a field to work out on. So I was just passing in my garage against a wall, pretending a water bottle was my defender. And, you know, I just really had to make it work. And my mom was throwing balls at me to receive and turn. And it just, it's really crazy when you kind of look back on it now, but I think it is completely indicative of how this year has gone. So then once we find out about the challenge cup, it was literally like I had made plans to do something with a friend back home. And then literally an hour later, our GM is calling us like, you need to be on a flight to Seattle tomorrow. And I was like, Oh, okay. We're going this fast. So fast forward, we go to Montana and you know, for me, I just really, I feel like I thrive in situations where I haven't, equal opportunity just to just put myself out there and whatever happens happens but as long as I put my best self out there I can't really complain so Montana was great because you had four weeks to prove yourself and I felt like that was enough time or whether you're ready or not and we got to the third week and I was we had been told that we were gonna have one more week and then we would find out like if we were offered a spot or not offered a spot so at first I was offered a short-term contract for the duration of the challenge cup and I was thrilled over the moon great awesome and a couple of days later I just we had another week of training and I received a call and they said we were going to scrap this short term and we just want to sign you to a long-term deal and at that point I was like this cannot be happening this is just fake this is not real and yeah, I still don't really know how to process that moment. I was just, it was like pure excitement, jubilation, all those great words. Um, 
called my mom. She started crying, called my sister. She started crying. So it was just great. And now it's again, then I called my coach and he goes, great, easy part done. And I'm like, all right, cool. So it's just been a journey and I'm excited for the new journey. And I'm excited for when we get to have more of a normal season. You know, we're going to um, get to see uh, some new rain players potentially with um, number of players going on loan right now for the fall series. But one player that you mentioned in a pre in a preseason um, conversation with season ticket holders that you've been studying or um, seeing as a mentor is Lauren Barnes. What has it been like to to work alongside her and learn from her this year? Uh, Lou is great. And I think it's funny that I referenced her at that Q and a, because at that time she just was kind of a scary veteran, like, Oh, don't step on her toes. But actually in the challenge cup, we were able to spend a little bit more time together and Lou's actually become a really great, not just mentor, but a good friend to me. And it's nice as a rookie because you want friends, of course, but to have somebody who's your friend that's someone that's so respected on the team is such a great leader and is also just so respected in the league is I mean you can't top that so for me off the field Lou's just showed me what it's like to you know put your head down do the work but on the field she's also really demonstrated to me that it's okay if you make mistakes and it's okay to not be perfect because literally none of us are perfect and I think there's a lot of times like as rookies we feel like we have to be that um, but for her to just be like, take a deep breath, you're fine, um, has been really helpful for me. And I appreciate her every day. And going off of what you have just said, one thing we've learned about um, in, our, in our time of just covering OL Rain basically since the beginning is how they've emphasized on having a, a culture and an environment that's basic, basically like a family. So you've just talked about, you know, what it's like for you being a rookie to come onto this team that's had so many veterans and players that have been there since day one, you know, with uh, Lou Barnes, Josh Fishhawk, uh, Megan Rapino, but then also veterans of uh, the NWSL in general, like how you've talked to, uh, you know, talked with Sofia Huerta for one of your uh, Challenge Cup uh, blog entries. So, um, you know, what, uh, what is that like, just a reassurance of like, you know, you're coming into this environment uh, with, you know, the, the veterans, you know, treat you all with respect, but also, you know, want to help you learn so you can become a better player and just a better person in general. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think that there are teams that say that they have, you know, good team culture and it really fosters a family dynamic, but here I really do feel that and it is, it makes it easier to just do your job, which is playing at the end of the day, but it also makes your job fun because if you're playing for people that respect you and you have respect for them and you develop friendships with them off the field, it makes it so much more meaningful to play hard for them and for them to play for you. So I think that I'm just really fortunate to be in that kind of environment here. I do. I, oh, go ahead, Steve. Sorry. I was going to ask, so, um, you know, the rain, rain finally have their first fall series game coming up this weekend. Um, finally. <laughs> yes. 
Um, what are you looking forward to getting out of the fall series yourself? And like, hopefully we'll get to see your debut in a rain uniform. And like, what, what are, what is Freed looking for you guys to take out of this? And what are you hoping to get out of the series of four games? I think that for me, I am just really excited for that moment to step out on the field. And I hope that I've put in a good amount of work for these past couple of weeks in order to do that. But I think I'm just excited to see what our team looks like. Um, I felt like in the Challenge Cup, you know, it was tough. Fareed was brand new. We were all trying to adapt to his system and his style of play. And I think that these past six weeks, we might not have a normal looking OL reign, you know, with all of the players on loan. But I think that we've all bought into Fareed's style of play and his system, and we all want to get better at it. And I'm just excited to see what that looks like on the field against a real opponent and not just having to play against ourselves. But I think that, again, for me individually, whenever I get that moment, I just want to kind of have that deep breath of like, I've arrived. And that moment might look like complete chaos and I might make a mistake, but at least it will have happened. Um, so I'm just excited more than anything. So, so to follow on that, like in a sentence or a couple of words, what would you describe your your playing style as like? What should fans look to see when you are on the field? I think for me, I'm never going to be like a flashy kind of player, but I guess for three words, I would pick simple, clean, and consistent. That's, that's me. And um, I just want to get better every day. Have you always um, played in, in defense or have you played other positions on the field too? So I actually went to college as an attacking midfielder. And then I had never played outside back my entire life. And our outside back got injured my freshman year. Played there, did not leave until, did not leave that position until my senior year when I was finally rewarded for my three and a half years at outside back and I got to play um holding mid holding mid is kind of like where my heart is but i've heard people tell me that center back is a good position for me so we shall see <laughs> based on your time uh playing as a defender in the outside back which would you rather do score the game-winning goal in stoppage time or shut down the opposing team's primary attacker slash goal scorer as a defender I mean, you just get a crazy adrenaline rush when you score because it might not happen that often. Sometimes you might not even get that close to the goal. But for me personally, shutting down a really good forward, there's no greater feeling. You might not get a lot of props for it, but people that know the game will give you a ton of props. And you also just feel really on top of the world um, when you can say that you block shots, block crosses, intercepted passes. It's pretty great it's why you like the position so I think we have a few more soccer related questions for you but one thing um I personally have been impressed by is I feel like there's perhaps nothing that you can't do um <laughs> you have a blog that we've all been reading that's been really um really great to kind of see behind the scenes but also we you were in the orchestra at Wake Forest in addition to playing soccer and like being an honor student, um, do you, you played the violin in orchestra, is that right? I did. I've played the violin since I was nine. And 
it was a great decision. I was lucky enough to go to public school where we had that incorporated into our curriculum. Um, but once I got to school, I found out there was an orchestra. And for me, it was a really good outlet just to kind of be away from sports, be away from school. Um, and then just also have a different set of friends that literally had no idea. Some of them have no idea, don't even know the rules of soccer. And so it's just nice to have those spaces to just unload and not think about the game if you've had a tough week of practice or if you even had a good week of practice and you just kind of want to shut off for a second. Um, it definitely was really nice for me and I loved it. <laughs> I, I loved it. I mean, I haven't played in a while since 2020 has been crazy, but I could probably still if I tried. <laughs> you know that Bethany Balser has been doing some ukulele action, so maybe you guys can form a little mini mini band. Honestly, we probably could. It would be a good jam session. <laughs> you just talked about how uh, playing the violin, violin and playing uh, in the orchestra for, you know, gave you another outlet or another space where, you know, you had friends that had no idea that you were playing uh, soccer as well. And that, you know, you can kind of take yourself away from that, from that world, focus on another world and vice versa. And we know in general, um, athletes uh, in the NWSL have a lot of downtime in general between uh, off days, between training and also travel days. And obviously this year with so much uh, downtime because of everything that's been going on, um, has there, um, how's been the whole, uh, Re uh, reading, television, movie watching list for you in terms of something to do to do uh, to help pass the downtime. Yeah, so I've actually been getting into a lot of shows recently. Uh, during the Challenge Cup, I watched all of Ozark, <laughs> and then right now I'm currently watching Peaky Blinders and Rick and Morty. Um, also, kind of mixed in a couple of Marvel shows, and then. You know, just Netflix, you can just really watch anything at any time. So like, it's great. But the best book I've read this year, I have another book um, that I need to read, but uh, Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed is really good. I thought that was really insightful, uh, pretty relevant to other things that have been happening this year, but it, it was a really quick read. I think I read it in like a day and a half. It was great. Is that one of the um, O.L. Rain uh, book club uh, books or is one you just read on your own? That was actually discussed in our book club, but that was not an assigned thing. <laughs> I know the book club has had um, conversations related to, like you mentioned, there's a lot going on this year. And a big part of that is dis discussions around racial justice and racism. Uh, with the NWSL being the first pro team to, to come back and play, you guys got to sort of set the tone a little bit for um, what it meant to be um, an athlete, but also a person who cares about issues outside of sports. Um, what was it like for you to be part of that um, with your team and, and having those conversations both internally and externally? Mm -hmm. I think internally during the Challenge Cup, it was helpful um given the situation it was tough to see a lot of things that were happening outside of our bubble and not really being able to feel like you could actively participate but being able to have those discussions within our team was awesome and it kind of created a sense of camaraderie at least uh with 
the black players on the team, but also those who, I mean, everyone on our team was really willing to listen to our stories. And it was, they were all very intimate discussions and in the, all of our discussions internally were very intimate and authentic, which was, which isn't the case everywhere. So I think we were really lucky to have that. And I'm just grateful that we can continue having these, those conversations externally uh, in terms of like, we're the black player coalition that we're forming. We don't have an official name yet. Uh, but in terms of that, it's also nice to know that there is rep representation and support across the league. And so we can go to each other with problems, lift each other up um, and know that even though there might be only two or three black players on a team or less, um, that there's still support coming from other places. I'm curious if you just personally have been um, following what the WNBA has been doing as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have. And I think we've drawn a lot of inspiration and also kind of thought about how we can use our platform to, you know, it's tough when the NBA and the WNBA and other leagues get more media attention and things like that. It can kind of be hard to make sure our voices are heard on that same level. Um, but I think that we've been creative so far, and I think that that will continue throughout the fall series. And for you personally, Madison, being a, a rookie coming onto the team, obviously there's in, there's enough for you to focus on in terms of, you know, proving your uh, your skill set on the field so you can you know have a roster spot. But then, you know, in conjunction with every you know the discussions about race in America and social justice, and we are basically live you know going through a civil rights movement, and I like to call it the internet age. You know, what was the uh, can you just talk about like the empowerment you must have felt knowing that you can talk about race to your teammates, but also having other black players on the team like Jasmine Spencer, Darian Jenkins and Taylor Smith to, you know, be that support network for you. I think having them as a support is very helpful just because, you know, it's, I think a lot of people have been talking about it. You know, if you can see it, you can believe it and become it. And so seeing them having these conversations, but also seeing all of the great things that they've done on the field, it's nice to know that, you know, there is a space for me and there is a place for my story to also be told alongside whatever my career looks like on the field. And speaking of, uh, you know, telling your story, we, we've talked about talked about it uh, earlier, but, you know, you, you have this blog uh, that you've been writing about, uh, you know, well throughout your college days. Where did the inspiration for writing uh, come from? So actually, I've been interested in writing my whole life, and I just really like telling stories. And when I went to college, I was full set on business school, and I was an international business major. And I finally hit a point where I was just really not happy in that major. And I made the switch to becoming an English major. And in that major, it gave me a lot of freedom to study, read, write, whatever I wanted. And I took a lot of creative writing classes. I took screen screenwriting. I took short stories. I took essay writing. So. For me, it was just seeing how many different ways I could tell stories. And 
for me, that's kind of an outlet to not just share my own thoughts, but maybe share thoughts that other people might resonate with. And then, so I started my blog as a pastime in quarantine because I was really bored outside of training. And one of my friends from college actually is a stand-up comedian. And so I was like, yo, we should start this blog. It would be so fun. Um, we could write about whatever we want. It can be fun. It'll be lighthearted. And then 2020 didn't end up being the year of being that lighthearted. So it's become something I did not intend it to be, but nevertheless, I feel like it's even more powerful than what it was going to be to begin with. At first, you know, some of the blog posts in there are very dinky and just kind of just silly, but it's just reassuring to know that people want to hear my voice, even if it's only a hundred people that read my blog, at least a hundred people read it. And maybe three people text me and they're like, I really liked your blog post this week. Thank you for sharing that to me is worth it. Have you so been, I'll keep doing it. Have you been surprised by uh, the reception uh, of, about your blog? Cause like you said, you know, you probably just started writing about, you know, writing it thinking that maybe a couple people would see it, but then, you know, now you're blogging as a professional athlete and, you know, we've done our part of signal boosting uh, your entries, but have you been surprised by the reception from uh, people that have uh, seen your blog? I've definitely been surprised by the reception. I think even as any form of writer, I think there's a defense mechanism that goes up when you put your writing out there and other people are going to read it and they're going to judge it and they're going to make whatever assumptions or takeaways um, that they want from it. But I've been surprised with how many people have been like, your writing's amazing. Like, we love this and keep doing it. It's like, okay, well, the masses want me to keep doing it. So I guess I will. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep on doing it. Cause uh, when we discovered it, we've just fell in love with it automatically. And <laughs> it's probably going to put us out of work. We're not going to complain. <laughs> so, cause you're, uh, cause we'd rather you tell your voice in your own way rather than, you know, as best, as best we can to kind of signal boost it, you know, but, Still, uh, we do appreciate the fact that you are putting yourself out there in your own voice, you know, and it's been such a refreshing uh, discovery for us. And as part of just getting to know who are the new faces of, the, of OL Rain. So um, one of the things we've seen you write about a little bit and that's been talked about in some of your interviews is how you're the, the first um, Native American player to be in the NWSL. And we've seen your uncle, um, Nota Begay, hype you up quite a bit on Twitter also about that. So like, does that feel like it's a kind of a, a really big deal? Or is this just something where it's like, well, it's about time or kind of how talk a little bit about like, how, how does that actually feel from your side to kind of be getting recognized so much about that? So I think that it has not really set in, you know, we've been talking a lot this year about Black Lives Matter. And I think for me as a biracial woman, it's sometimes can be difficult to just feel like you're putting enough credit to both parts of you. And for me, once the Men in Blazers interview came out, I hadn't really thought about how impactful it was to be the first uh, anything in, uh, in sports. And you know, you read stats that say like, this is the first person that did this. You're like, wow, that's so cool. 
and I was actually talking to Jasmine Spencer and she, I, cause I was, you know, talking about, I want to play and I want to get on the field and I know I'm a rookie and she's, and I'm like, what if it doesn't matter if I'm the first native American in the league? And she literally looked at me and she goes, you could never step on the field and it is still incredible. And she was like, no one can ever take that away from you. And it's going to open so many doors for people. And I think that for me, that is when it really set in. And I've um, told people that, you know, Twitter got a, the Men in Blazers video got a ton of um, views on Twitter, but I hadn't looked at Facebook because I never go on Facebook anymore. And it was actually a family member who told me that it had a ton of views on there, but a lot of people from where I'm from in, Al in Albuquerque and a lot of native people had seen the video on Facebook and their comments were like, keep going. Like, we believe in you. Like, thank you for representing us. And so for me, that was like, wow, this is not only really cool. It's just a big honor, not only to be here, but to get to represent something way bigger than you. So it's a lot of pressure, but it's also good pressure that hopefully, like I've said before, I hope that I'm not the last first but not last. One of the lessons you've, you've imparted today is to always listen to Jasmine Spencer. Oh, definitely. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> I learned that very quickly. <laughs> um, we, I know you had said your blog didn't have, you, you decided not to go on the fun, fun comedy route this year, but um, we do have so, a couple of more fun questions for you to wrap up um, the podcast. Um, some of these, however, have been a little controversial among your teammates. Um, so I'll pass it over to Jacob to kick it off. Yeah, it's my forte to ask the super serious questions. <laughs> okay, um, Madison, if you were in charge of the team's match day playlist, what three songs do you put on there? Okay, um, number one would be Pop That by French Montana, but the kids would probably have to listen to the edited version of that one. Uh, number two would be Lose Control by Missy Elliott, which is also just a great song. And Nice For What by Drake. Awesome. Feel like good hype songs. <laughs> yeah. Anything to get people just in good head spaces, maybe dancing. I'm a big, <laughs> like to dance in the locker room, so. If, um, if a movie were made about your life, who would you pick to play you? I would say undoubtedly I would pick Zendaya every day, all day, at any hour. <laughs> How do you feel about that Emmy win then? I was so excited <laughs> when Zendaya won. I, I'm her biggest fangirl. <laughs> it, it, was, it was really awesome to see that. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't watching the uh, show itself, but I saw it on Twitter and I was like, all right, we actually are, are allowed to have something good happen. Something yes. good happened uh, this year, it even just feel. for a little bit. It did feel like a small win, small win. Mm -hmm. um, if there's one on the field skill you could get from one of your teammates, whose skill would it be? And uh, yeah, what skill would it be? I think I would take Amber Brooks or Allie Long's long driven ball. They can ping a ball very well and I need to learn their secrets. <laughs> Okay. The long ball has come up a lot on that question. So Yes, because it's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This question has been the one that's 
had some of the most uh, passionate responses, uh, pro or against, where does Madison Hammond stand on pineapple on pizza? I can emphatically say yay to pineapple on pizza at all times. I love pineapple on pizza. You and Bethany Balser must get along pretty well with that. <laughs> I feel like maybe you have helped keep the balance at 50-50. Oh. Yeah. I feel like people who are nay pineapple, it's almost like too aggressive. <laughs> the most vehement anti-pineapple people on the team are currently 3,000 miles away, so you're safe right now. <laughs> yeah. But when they return, you may need to look out. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of aggressive, uh, Jess Fishlock's answer on that was just, uh, I mean, just legendary, of course, being that it's Jess Fishlock, but she was pretty emphatic, uh, to say the least. <laughs> Against <laughs> Sounds that. like Jess. Yeah. Does nothing at, um, if not at 100%, for sure. <laughs> Always 100%. Uh, I know uh, you've probably not had as much time in the Puget Sound region as you might have liked, but are there um, places you've really enjoyed exploring so far there? Uh, honestly, the things I've explored most have been different coffee shops. So Olympia Coffee is great. And then also there's a small, they have a lot of these out here in the Pacific Northwest, those little huts for coffee, don't have those at home. So um, there's one called Coffee's On Espresso that's really good. So those would probably be my two biggest finds that I've really enjoyed. I don't think I had any other questions. How about you guys? Nope, we're look, looks like we're looking at the same list. Being respectful I think of your time too. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. So, uh, with, uh, with these interviews, uh, we always leave the last word to our guests. So as uh, you are our guest, Madison, so the, la uh, the floor is yours for the last word, whatever you'd like to say um, to OL Reign fans as they get ready to watch uh, the team's first match in the fall series, do any shout outs to friends and family, whatever you'd like to say. Okay. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for having me on this. Um, this was super fun. And... Thanks to the OL Rain fans for being so patient. Uh, I know it's been a long wait to see us play and it's been a lot of stop and go this year, but I think we're gonna have some fun in the fall series. And I'm just more so excited to get out on the field and show you guys what I can do. Madison, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us this evening. Thank, yeah, you, thank guys. you. It was so nice to meet you guys. You too. Can't wait till you guys can come out to a game. <laughs> Us too. Oh, looking forward to it so much. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> we can in October. Yep. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.